Hi there, and welcome to Redefining Outbound, a podcast series for sales leaders. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Stubbs, UK Sales Director here at Cognizant. I'll be interviewing a range of forward-thinking sales leaders on how and why B2B buying behaviour has changed. I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Outbound. I'm Joe Stubbs, Director of Sales here at Cognizum, and today we have the absolute pleasure of introducing Will Sinop, VP of Sales for UK, Ireland and USA at Dispersed. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on today. Yeah, great to have you. Um, to kick off, would you please introduce yourself for our listeners? Yeah, sure, certainly. So I, as you mentioned, um, I'm running essentially the business development at Disperse, which Disperse is a construction technology company. Uh, helping to make um, our clients make better decisions on uh, construction sites. Um, my background actually is formerly I'm a chartered geologist, 14 years of construction experience. Um, so previously I was a, a design engineer, you know, designing foundations for big towers. Um, but then I've somehow in the last two years landed myself a, a role in sales uh, and now yep, head of sales for, across the, the regions that you just mentioned. <laughs> Love that story. Will, what kind of led that transition from a design engineer into a VP of sales role? How did that take place? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it wasn't something that I, I uh, woke up one day and thought I'd go into sales uh, and then landed a VP role. It was um, it was actually all started during COVID uh, when I was actually exploring different types of services and products in the field of works that I actually now sell in uh, with Disperse. And um, I got talking to a sales guy trying to find out a little bit about the product and we got on really well anyway we weren't the right type of a persona for him six months well a few months later he called me up asking i think there's a job opportunity here well i think that you'd really do well at um as an account executive and i was thinking to myself i have no idea what that account executive is um but uh we uh we, we he, he was really impressed with the way that my you know i, I hold myself i can talk really well well talk a lot I think um, I know the industry and I also understand the product or the problem that we're trying to solve in the industry and uh, that then essentially led me on to account executive which is about two years ago that I joined Disperse and again I had to google what account executive was um, but then ultimately I've just kind of worked my way up um, and just kind of pushed done well on my sales uh, and then just kind of ultimately had opportunities to become the head of sales for the UK and then most recent now the head of sales for essentially everything of Western Earth. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't have that on my uh, on my business card. That wasn't allowed, but I think that would be more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, look, you've clearly been very successful and um, some of the, the best and most successful salespeople I've known have moved from a practitioner into a sales, okay. um, you know, a no, sales role. So, uh, yeah, glad to. Uh, um, well, um, what does redefining outbound mean to you? Yeah, I was, uh, it's, it's definitely that's a very ambiguous term. Um, and uh, I, I think in terms of outbound today, that there is so much of a mixture of different opportunities that you can actually do. Um, and I think it's only ultimately going to increase, especially now where we've got Apple ProVision that's coming along and the metaverse and the augmented reality world, that, that opens up a whole nother element of being able to communicate. And something that I've seen more recently is WhatsApp groups that are forming. And um, it just seems like I have WhatsApp, I have LinkedIn, I have Reddit, I have all these different communications of being able to actually communicate with Outbound. But I think ultimately, for at least for me, and something that has taken me a little bit of time to actually understand is like, well, where, do, where does my key persona, my key decision maker really sit? And that's the area that I really need to target in and actually challenge and actually make sure that I'm 
hitting those targets and also those conversations at where that is. And it's still very niche, I think, at least in construction for where my uh, decision makers are. And so I'm, I'm still kind of like, that's the area I need to really make sure I focus. So I guess to kind of conclude is making sure that you 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 find that focus area because there is so much so much other stuff that's going around that you know making sure that your team and yourself you know focusing on that area to make sure that your outbound is spot on yeah okay so, so if you've got a, a very defined you know totally addressable market and it's quite you know kind of clear and, and niche who you're going after what what challenges are posed due to that well i i think so in terms of like a very defined market, um, it's just trying to get hold of those contacts. It's at least in, in construction, you know, we're working on multi-million pound projects. And, uh, you know, our ticket price isn't cheap comparative to other SaaS products. So the decision maker, you know, we, you know, I need to get find them. And, you know, they're not something that's going to just be around on LinkedIn or, you know, they don't they have people checking their emails, you know, so, that, you know, we're at a different you know, different type of persona that I've got a challenge. So really just getting in front of them, phone calls, but then ultimately just getting in front of those business networks. That's that's where, it, at least for us, is where we see the most magic and being able to then capitalize on where we get referrals and then try to bridge that referral to those new people that want to use us or are looking to use a platform like Disperse, really trying to facilitate that element because most of Disperse, 90, 95% of our work is referral um, in terms, and it's just trying to help bridge that gap so i'm almost actually thinking as i say it where well, i am a, as much as a form of trying to my outbound is finding new leads and new opportunities it's really trying to bridge that gap of here's a referral from this person i know you two know each other have you heard of our product based upon this and, and try to like connect ultimately then help help speed up that process of them getting us on board yeah okay with that in mind then well how do you set up your sales team to best facilitate an outbound model and approach yeah, so there's actually, Disperse actually, we have a relatively small uh, sales team. We've actually only, right this minute, with myself and one other salesperson. Uh, and we are looking to actually expand and increase that to an additional BDR. We've gone through different phases of what seems to be work. But ultimately, we found the best is really just outbound of trying to find those key users that use us on the product right now. Because we can see, see that, you know, we have the tools to see who's using us and engage with them try to extract exactly what their benefits are and then try to then make those connections um, and, and and try to make those connections for the new leads that are coming where we think that, yeah, like for an example, some of the contractors that we work on, the clients, they, they're they almost like a client and then within them will be multiple projects of potential opportunities for us. Um, so I think it's a little bit of a different setup to, to, to other, uh, op- other businesses um, that maybe work in sales. But I'm trying to like, I'll have one project, like a construction site, you know, in West London, and I'll have another one in East London, but they won't talk to each other, but they're still part of the same, the same company. And my role will be really to try to how can I bridge that gap and get all the feedback and goodness from one side to the other side? And how do I do that? Well, the outbound is identify that projects that are actually in those regions, and then see who those connections are. And that's either facilitated by me communicating and working with them and just trying to, you know, who do you know? Yeah, you know, or LinkedIn is also a really good source of truth of uh, being able to like make those connections. Yeah, with such a high ticket value and you know kind of relatively small sales team, um, how do you then enlist support from across the business to facilitate the outbound model? You mentioned that you know ninety percent of your work might be referrals. So um, I guess how does that permeate across mm. the organisation? 
Yeah, something that we're definitely working on um, because we, we've tried a number of methods of trying to actually work out what is best. We do have um, kind of, we, we call them solution consultants. Well, yeah, solution uh, um, yeah, solution consultants essentially. And they are kind of almost like our mini BDR slash marketing team. You know, when we're doing our daily drop-ins or our weekly drop-ins with them and checking in on them, because uh, we are very much a, more than just a product we are a service you know we are providing analytical data to them and actually helping them guide how a construction site is being built and we do facilitate and that's one of the things we're very proud about and that is actually a really good opportunity that we find that when we're actually talking with the clients and actually having that one-on-one -on -one, that we can actually establish that a a relationship which is fundamental i think in business especially in sales um, but then also trying to like extract like how do we get those nuggets of great bits of feedback and then how can i then use it and for us, it's, for me and our sales team, is making sure that we're part of that and making sure that that transparent or that um, that movement of information is shared to us. And it's difficult because we work on so many projects and we're all, I hate to use the word, but busy. Um, and it's just trying to make sure that we capture that and we can spread that um, to, to the other opportunities that we have. We also have projects that come to an end when we do a closeout. It's not, it literally is an end. Like, you know, there is the churn is it stops because a project it stops, that's it. But those people will then move on to another project. And we, uh, with both the solution consultant, our marketing team and myself and my other sales rep, we will work out well, where are you going next? And hopefully we'll be able to try and follow them. So when they go to the next project, we will then be able to land another opportunity, which is where we've done successful in the last few years because of that networking effect that Disperse has really started to kick in because projects, construction projects, they typically take one to three years to be built disperses now at that five to seven year mark where projects that started three or four years ago have finished and then they've moved on to another one and that's why we're seeing kind of the exponential growth now because of that networking effect so that also plays a part of it but we are there to help facilitate and actually make sure that that continues and, and, and maximize it the most that we can yeah of course so projects can go on for a long time. What about the sales cycle? What does that look like? Oh, sales cycle, don't get me started. It's uh, it's definitely a tricky one. I mean, I appreciate that you you have listeners and yourself, you've you know, far more experience than me in terms of uh, different business uh, uh, operations or works or products that you've been selling or services. But the sales cycle in construction is, is very long. <laughs> um, and But you can also have moments where it can be incredibly short. Um, and I'm talking a few days um, or a few weeks. Um, I mean, most people will know about a project wanting to be built. You hear it in the news, you'll see it in the press. Um, so we've already got a bit of a pipeline of like what's coming up in the next two to three years. And that's where we kind of started to f facilitate those like drop-ins, like just making us aware that we're here. We'll start building a bit of a business strategy. But when we actually know that there's a project that's we're going to land we're going to get onto it could be between six to 12 months away that we actually even get the contract signed okay and it's just because of the nature of the business but also we are we are dependent upon you know some of these contracts they're massive you know which you know a lot of our projects are between 50 to three four hundred million dollars worth of uh, of sale of a construction project not, we don't get that not yet one day um but um but you know some of these projects they'll be held up because of planning so that could push us back by three or six months uh, or the project starts and then there's a poor handover and that delays it by a couple of weeks. And it's very difficult in in, in, uh, in construction. I think that was something that I was naive about. And I think there is also a bit of a naivety even in construction, in tech that serves uh, construction, that how long construction uh, cycle, sorry, the sales cycle takes. 
Yeah. Are there ways that you can mitigate that from an outbound perspective then? Um, you know, in, you know, tech, for example, you know, we kind of have quite um, defined conversion, right, through from initial mm. conversations to, you know, that opportunity translating into pipeline and then that converting into maybe a yeah. PLC or something. So in the construction space, you know, how do you set up your kind of outbound function, you know, bearing in mind these long sales cycles that might be held up through, you know, no fault of your own? How do yeah. you kind of well, mitigate that? From well, I, I think it's about it's, I think it's about trying to actually ask those questions very early on and actually identify those risks that are associated. So it's about asking, so what type of contract are you actually going to be going into? Um, are you in are you bidding for this project? Have you secured the project? Are you in certain types of agreements? What's the status of the planning? What's the you know what's the current status of your actual get, getting on site? When are you getting on site? Okay, so you're getting on site in three months' time, but that's probably the foundation works. We don't cover the foundation work, so um, that would be at least another three or four months. And we've had mistakes on that, you know, way in the past where we've been told the work start in four months' time or five months' time, but that's the substructure. It's like, well, actually, we don't start for another three or four months after that. So I guess it's a case of trying to make sure that we ask all the correct questions, as many questions that we can to identify all the risks that we think that might be, that we're, that we're more or we're familiar with. So then when we put a date in the diary or you know the revenue tracker, you know the forecast, so to speak, we've got a better certainty of like, well, we've covered all these questions. I'm pretty confident that that's when it's going to be. But as a reassurance, we're going to come back a couple of months before and that's, that's when we will do those check-ins. How is the progress of the project actually continuing? Um, and so that's what we've definitely facilitated within Disperse over the last, at least since I've been running it, over the last six to 12 months of just trying to better understand what are those risks and how can we best mitigate them and then best plan it and, and ultimately inform the business so we can plan for that. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, do your due diligence. Um, well, outside of the, the network that you have then, so a lot of business comes in through referral and, you know, um, it's, it's a tight industry. A lot of people know each other. Um, if there are scenarios where perhaps you're looking to, you know, kind of bid or approach um, yeah. an opportunity where you don't have those relationships, like how do you best facilitate that outbound conversation you know how yeah. do you find you can penetrate um, yeah. companies and individuals in the best way yes so that's a, yeah, it's a great question so when we've identified like a few projects um you know we, we see it in the press you know we'll, we'll get alerts and we think right okay that's a challenge that's a rifle project that we want to look at who do we best know and then we start kind of digging into the actual project who's the client who are the consultants you know uh, who are the contractors most likely to be who can actually deliver this massive project or any project and then we'll start to kind of build up essentially like a tree of like people that we associate we then use obviously there's you know with our own internal network that's just you know working as a team like who do you know in these businesses and start drawing that out and then we also use such platforms such as linkedin um, but then also like using cognizant as a way of like right We've got all these people. Who do we not know, and where do we get those numbers from? You know, how do we get those details? Um, one, for, and then we start to build. Like, right, when do we need to start talking to these people? How do we? And it might just be a simple connection. You know, a LinkedIn connection. Uh, maybe then after that, we'll drop in some messages and then phone calls as we get as we get closer. And then if, if nothing's really facilitated in those like referrals, then we'll start pushing a bit harder. But ultimately, I'm trying to get as many referrals as I can internally or, you know, people that connected that are projects to then when we come to that opportunity that they know, oh, yeah, I know that person, Joe Bloggs, and he says some great stuff about you and then try to bring them in so then we can ultimately get onto that project and then bid for it. So there's a kind of like methods that we try to apply on uh, on future projects. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, um, earlier in the call, you mentioned, um, you know, there's a proliferation of, you know, new and different channels and, you know, ways that we can, mm. you know, speak with our clients and prospects, you know, the metaverse, you know, WhatsApp, whatever it might be. Um, what are the trends that you're seeing in the year ahead, you know, so um, for, you know, kind of sales leaders and, and, and listeners out there, you know, what should they be on the lookout for? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a really good question, I think. So I, I think at least, I think we're getting, oh, there's a lot out there now. And especially with um, uh, generative AI and multimodal, multimodal AI that's coming out. I think it's, I think that's a, I think that's definitely something worth exploring <clears throat> more for your, in your team in terms of using um, AI as a way as almost facilitating the role as a BDR or even as a as an AE in terms of actually making those those conversations. We've seen it already, you know, where essentially a salesperson. I think it was an example that Tesla did, where there was actually just an uh, it was someone phoning up a random person. It wasn't he wasn't a real person, and uh, they had a whole conversation. And he booked well, the AI salesperson booked a call. And you and you listened in, you could not tell. And they actually probably did a better job than most salespeople, uh, probably better than me by far. But so I do think that's I think that's a really great way of leveraging that you know being able to actually take that facility and actually because that way you can have more, you can essentially do more with less. But also because there's so much noise, because there's so much, I think people will actually want to go to more personal, uh, like the personal level, and that's the bit which I think myself and my colleague. And we've done really well at it because we. I try to bring a personal level to it. You know, my you know, my messages are me writing them and you know, me calling them, and um, it's 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 something that I think more people will definitely be wanting to have more because I think it's just because there's just so much noise around that that might be something we, people will be focusing on. I do think there's new avenues, like I mentioned, like WhatsApp. Um, that seems to be. I've got loads of groups have been uh, populate uh, have been. Um, forming slack is another one as well which i seem to be seeing and obviously linkedin so but i think that might just be my unexperienced inexperience sorry of not knowing the industry before there was probably a lot of that already that we're just moving with the times um and augmented reality with apple provision coming out i think there's um i think there's a whole nother ver whole nother metaverse there that will be if you interviewed me in next year we'll be talking probably more about that because um, I do think that that is the next step that we're going to see a lot more happening yeah absolutely the uh, yeah the salesperson of the future working in the, the real world and yeah the, uh, the but, uh, yeah if, just to kind of like pause on one element I do think there's one thing that will end and as much as I don't want people thinking that it's gonna be AI taking over the world and stuff like that I mean we do use AI to really facilitate a large amount of the work that we can do but I think at the end of it there will be two types of people at the very very end of the world it will be the it will be the client you know, the human, you know, with the money, and then there'll be a salesperson, and it'll be a, a human being. And that ultimately, I see that and that will always be the case, like, the, the least in from our side from clients, you know, they want to know that there's a human at the other end of the call. And we're at a ticket value where it completely warrants to have a, a human person being talked to. Um, I think if, if, you know, if we were far less than yes, maybe it would just be everything automated. But right now it needs to be and that in person meetings and conversations and dinners, etc. That's just part of the business um, flow of, of the sales process and also just business development. Yeah, 100%. 
Well, last question for me. Um, what is one thing you recommend sales leaders to start, stop and continue in 2024? Well, stop sending all these LinkedIn messages where there's like three or four messages. Have you not seen this message? Have you, you know, have you, um, you haven't responded to my last two messages? I won't lie. I hit the report button. So stop doing it. I think it's, I mean, I, I, even from a, even from me, I know I'm in sales now and I'm trying to deliver and I'm trying to got some cadences. It really puts me off and I would stop that immediately. And now it might work and there might be metrics to say that it works in certain fields. But I think if you're at a high ticket value, I, I have had clients come to me and say, you guys are just pests. This, I don't want to have those type of things. Um, and even aside from when we've done outbound phone calls, even just checking in, we we we've been told we've been asked you need to you need to slow down. Um, it's like we're actually just trying to communicate with you, you know, about the project rather than necessarily trying to sell you anything. So that would be one of my elements, like really concentrate. Like, is this actually having a detriment on your business brand? Um, but you know, going forward, um, and then I think ultimately just trying to get your guys and girls, you know, get the sales team actually out. Again, it's different. I'm talking about high ticket uh, platform here, so you know. For me, I want my team, myself and Owen, uh, to really get out there more and actually you know, be in person more because that's where I think that the real magic is actually going to happen in terms of sales or at least being able to help facilitate those those future referrals. And ultimately, you know, we're building, I'm building a network up that in one, two, five, ten years' time, I hope to be able to then capitalise on something that I may not necessarily know what's available there, but I know it's going to happen. Um, and it's the same as like I when I joined in construction, um, in sales at Disperse, I already had a small network because I'd already been developing it over the last 14 years of construction. I just didn't realize that the value it would be. So if you're listening and you are a salesperson, I would really make sure you're, you're honing in on that on that network that you have because in the future, that could be even more valuable than what you think it could be at right now. Amazing. Well, look, Will, thank you so much. Um, you've been an absolute star. Lots of great insight and, um, and nuggets there. Um, all the best for the year thank ahead. And yeah. Thank you very much for having me and I appreciate it. If anyone wants to reach out to me, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. All right, thank you. Cool. Thanks so much.